You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. All right, Mother's Day is just a couple of weeks away. Good morning, church. How are you doing this morning? You're looking good. You're sounding good. Um, I want to let you know also today's a special day because we're going to be receiving our vision offering at the end of the service and uh, we've been building up to this for the last four or five weeks so I want to just encourage you to prayerfully uh, even through the service just consider and ask God hey God what are you what are you stirring on my heart to be part of as we build for the future you guys are looking good this morning a few good birthdays a few wedding anniversaries and uh, the warriors are on later so <laughs> the Lord is good it's our year just going to say that. Hey, uh, we uh, welcome to our guests, all those visiting with us online as well. Uh, so glad to have you here. Uh, I didn't realize that jet lag would last seven days. <clears throat> so we got in early last Sunday morning. I was feeling pretty good. And as the week has gone on, I've steadily declined. So if I don't make a huge amount of sense today, just use the gift of interpretation. <laughs> and you shall be fine. We're in a series today called Tales of Old. We're going to be exploring some of those like Old Testament classic stories, you know, those tales of old. And today I'm doing probably one of the most famous stories ever told. It's the story of David and Goliath. And the heart of this story is, uh, this series is to look at this stuff from maybe a different angle. Maybe try and see some stuff in these stories, in these narratives that we've never seen before. And the goal ultimately is to encourage you in your faith, stir you in the things of God, and hopefully you walk out of this place a little bit fuller and a little bit bigger in your faith. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's a big portion of Scripture. Um, 1 Samuel 17, you can go there in your Bible or in your Bible app or whatever. Some of it's going to come up in the notes. But for the sake of uh, making this better, uh, I, need some, I need two volunteers. I need a David and I need a Goliath to help me and help you to experience the story in a way that is going to be beautiful. So I've already seen Goliath. Mike, can you come up? Now, now I, I need a David. David is, you're David, right there, young man, come on up, be, be blessed. He, like David is described as, David is described as being ruddy-faced. That means handsome. So, Goliath, can you, um, can you go over there? David, just stay there. You can kind of, I'm not moving, so you guys can kind of go behind me. Um, it's, my, it's my time on the stage, so um, <laughs> I'm front and center today. Uh, so here's the, for the sake of time, here's the story. So there's the, the Philistine army is camped on one mountain. The Israelite army is on another mountain. There's kind of the battle line in between. And every morning and every night for 40 days, this giant named Goliath of Gath, who is nine feet tall, he comes out. Oh, and by the way, you guys are the Philistines. You guys are the Israelites. Just for the sake of... And, uh, and so he comes out every morning and he taunts the nation of Israel and he's calling for what we would call when I went to school at Edgewater College, a one out, one V one, me and you, 
calling you one out. So he, he's saying, like, let's decide this battle one v one. One of your warriors face me, I'll face them. Whoever wins, the, the, that nation will be the servant of the other nation, and that's going to decide the battle. So he's taunting Israel. He's mocking them. He's jeering at them. He's calling them names. He's defying God. And, and uh, what's happened is every morning, every night for 40 days, this happens. Israel is petrified. They're scared. They are, their faith is gone. They are shrinking back in intimidation and fear, and they don't know what to do. So in walks David. David isn't even supposed to be there. He is on an errand from his father to go and take some food to his brothers who are there fighting. And he shows up and he's walking around and he hears the taunts of this Philistine Goliath. And he is, he is perplexed because he's wondering, why has no one stood up to this challenge? And then he volunteers himself to be the one who takes on the challenge. He's your guy. He's your guy. Okay. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through the story and you guys are gonna act it out. <laughs> si silently. Um, so just, just, I only thought of this idea during worship. So. <laughs> First Samuel 17 verse 40. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. Then the army, uh, and then armed only with his shepherd's staff and his, and his sling, yep. Yeah, he's got five. He, he walked, started walking across the valley to the, towards the Philistine, but just hold here. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, snaring in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick. And then he keeps going on to ridicule him. And then David is like, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies. You're, you're mouthing it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, good man. <laughs> The Lord will conquer you and I'll cut off your head today and everyone will know that there is a God in Israel. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching, <laughs> reaching, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with a sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stones, get him with the stone, bro. Yep. The, the stone... The stone, hey, wait, 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 wait. No, no, wait, wait, wait. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over, pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath, and David used it to kill him, and then cut off his head. Why are you clapping? When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. <laughs> All right, get back. We haven't got the offering yet. <laughs> Joking. Can we give a big round of applause to David and Goliath, everybody? Go get a crunchy. Go get a crunchy. Okay, I'm not sure if that went better or worse than I thought. But anyways, classic story like an awesome story. It's a story well-known and well-loved. But as I read the story, again, uh, I kind of had some, I guess, some fresh eyes on it. I wanted to sort of see some things maybe we hadn't seen before. And I want to share these with you, and I pray they encourage you. Here we go. We're going to write down some points. First one is this. Grab another stone. 
grab another stone. It's interesting to me to ask a question, like why did David pick up five stones? He only needed one. He's walking around with four spare stones in his bag. All he needed was one stone, but he picked up five. Now there's a lot of, I've heard a lot of theories as to why David picked up five stones. One of the theories is that Goliath had four brothers. So he's like, I got one for each of you. I'm going to get you, and then your brother, and then your brother's brother, and then his brother, and then the other brother. I'm coming for all of you, which is quite an expansion on Scripture. There's, and I heard another theory that the five stones represent the letters J-E-S-U-S. <laughs> Again, a great theological stretch. You know why I think David chose five stones? Because he probably thought he might miss. I think he was like, if I miss, I'm going to need to have another stone. If I have a go at this and I don't get it right, I'm going to need to have another go. I'm going to need to throw another stone. I, I might step out for what I feel God is leading me into in this moment before God. But if I do and it doesn't go well, I need to have a backup. I need to go again. And friends, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. And in that journey and along that story, there's been countless times on the journey where I felt God leading me or calling me to step out to, some, to do something, and I have, and it hasn't gone well. And, and it's the immature response to only carry with you one stone. But wisdom and time tells you that sometimes when you step out for God, you might miss. You might fail. It might come up short. And the mature person knows I need to have more than one stone. See, you might have stepped out to leave a small group at some point in time, and it didn't go well. Friend, grab another stone. Don't give up on it. Don't think, oh, well, I tried that, and it missed. It didn't work. I must be a terrible small group leader. No, no, no. If you believe God's called us to biblical community, grab another stone. You may have stepped out to have that difficult conversation with your spouse, and it didn't go well. Grab another stone. Have another conversation. Don't let it go. Friends, you may have stepped out to join the dream team and it was terrible. Grab another stone. Don't, just because it didn't work the first time doesn't mean you no longer have a purpose in God to serve his body and serve our people. Grab another stone. You may have read your Bible and it wasn't working for you. It, it fell flat. Friend, grab another stone. Turn another page. You may have stepped out to pray and be praying for breakthrough and it's like breakthrough just won't come. Friends, don't abandon prayer. Grab another stone. Why do you think I preach three-point sermons? Because point one might not hit. <laughs> but if I throw out enough, surely for somebody, something's going to sink in. <laughs> it's very true. Friends, if you stepped out for God and it didn't work, grab another stone. Be ready to have another go. You might, it might not always work on the first attempt. It might not always have the, the outcome you hoped it would. But don't let that abandon you, for, uh, cause you to abandon the things that God has called you to do, the call on, his on your life and what God is asking you to do. Simply grab another stone. That's an encouragement for someone today to go again, to go again. The second thought I have is this. It was the sword that killed Goliath. Hmm. It says this, And David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath, and used it to kill him and cut off his head. How many times have you heard this story and just assumed the stone killed him? 
How many times have you read the story and gone, oh, he killed him with a sling and a stone? That's, the stone was effective, and the stone brought him down, but it was the sword that gave the ultimate victory. I, um, this year, uh, whether this was a good idea or not, I, I volunteered myself to help coach my son's cricket team. And um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And one of the things this team was awesome at was the on-field banter. This is one of the great things of cricket. In cricket, in the team, because you're fielding and it's a long time standing in a field. <laughs> Essentially fielding. It means you stand in a field for about an hour and a half to three hours. And, and so what, what cricket is a great at is banter. There's lots of like chit-chat out there on the field. They're trying to like intimidate the opposition, and, but they're also trying to G up their team. So these boys, they weren't the best cricketers in the world, but they had great banter. So on the field, they, they, they had a few one-liners. So their one-liners were, were things like, come on, boys, on his toes, and off he goes. <laughs> come on, boys, send his bales to New South Wales. <laughs> come on, boys, there's a party at the stumps, and we're going to crash it. It's just brilliant. They, it was only those three, all season. It's all, just over and over and over. Again, it's like, it's this chit-chat in the field. It's used to like, you know, pump up your team and come on boy, lift, lift, lift. Or, or it's to, to like kind of intimidate or uh, the opposition and, and help maybe make them feel a little bit insecure. Do you know what Goliath is? Goliath is just a whole bunch of noise. Goliath is the chit-chat of the opposition. Goliath is the one that is intimidating. Goliath is the, the negative voice, that negative voice that is spiritual opposition to who you are in God. That's Goliath. That's the power that Goliath has in the story, and that's the power that Goliath has in our lives as well. See, just because Goliath died there, don't underestimate that there is still, almost in a spiritual sense, the power of a Goliath in a voice in every single one of our lives who speaks to your insecurity. He points out our failings. He exploits our fears and our worries. Goliath attacks our identity in God, our value, our future. The, the Goliaths we face are the noise of the enemy, and its intention is to create fear and doubt and immobility, where you can't go forward and you can't go back. It's the spiritual opposition to who you are in God. You know what Goliath says to me? Goliath says to me, you're, he says you're weak. That voice of the enemy that overbearing voice of the enemy that's trying to make me move into fear and anxiety and worry and doubt and to shrink away from what God's called me to is he's saying, you're weak, you're unqualified, you're going to fail, you've got no vision, you can't do it, your messages suck sometimes, you've got nothing good to say. And we all have that voice in some manner. We all have that voice of Goliath. And, and when we face the Goliath, that voice and that chit-chat, there's all manner of stones that you can throw at it. There's all manner of strategies and, and tools and stuff that you can throw at. And they can be effective, but the only thing that's going to give you ultimate victory is the sword. And in biblical imagery, the sword is the Word of God. The Bible says that the, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. So the antidote to the lies of the enemy that plague your life and cause you to shrink back in fear is to get the Word of God and let it go from being words on paper to the words written on your heart so that it gets into the very fiber of your being and transforms the way you think, 
the way you see. It becomes the foundation by which you live and see and operate in your life. And that is why we'll never stop going on about the power of believers spending time in the Word every single day. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. You cannot neglect and you cannot undervalue. One of the most transformative powers in your life is the Word of God. And sadly for many of us, it's a, it's a bedside coaster and gathering dust. It is one of the most life transform, the most life transformative tool that you have in your arsenal as a follower of Jesus. So friends, get that word and let it get in on the inside of you. Romans 12:2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The Word will get in and help transform your mind and replace the lies and intimidation of Goliath and help you now build your life on a foundation of truth. Because Goliath may say that I'm nobody, but the Word of God tells me I'm a son of God called and chosen and loved by Him. And, and, and Goliath may say I'm weak, but the Word tells me that in my weakness, God's strength is made perfect so I can boast all the more gladly in my weakness that the power of Christ may rest on me. Wow, that's the truth. And Goliath may say that this message is terrible and sometimes he might be closer to the truth than he thinks. But the Word says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It goes in piercing bone and marrow and it goes in dividing the even thoughts of your heart and your mind, the intents of your mind, and that it does not return void when it goes out. So no matter how silly my stories may be, when I preach the Word, I know it's going to do something as it goes out and transforms somebody. Stones are good, but learn to use the sword. Learn to use the sword. Band, you guys can come join me. Here's my last thought. Now, don't put it up yet, because I'm going to premise this with an I love you, and I'm sorry. Number three, you're probably not David. If your name's David today, you're David. <laughs> to all the Davids in the room going, I'm confused. <laughs> you're still David. But you're probably not this David. When you, when you read the story, or you watch a movie, or, or, we always put ourselves in the narrative. We always try and identify ourselves. Where am I in the story? Who am I like? What, what's my part in this? And, and when we read the Bible, we do the same. We, we, we put ourselves in the story, right? And for most of us, when we read the story, we're David. Like, I'm the one who trusts God and goes out against this giant in my life. And there's like, there is like this truth in all of it. There's some truth in all that, but... We're often the hero of the story who takes down the accusing giant and redeems the people. And yeah. But I'm sorry to say that in the narrative here, you're probably not David. Because the important question when we read the Bible is not where am I, it's where is Jesus? Because Jesus is through the whole thing. Jesus is in the Old Testament concealed and the New Testament revealed. So where is Jesus in the narrative? Everything's a type. Everything's pointing us towards something else. Um, and, I, and I'm sorry to say, and I'm, really, I love you, but the character of David in the story is not you, it's Jesus. 
So who are you? Well, we're probably Israel. Afraid, helpless, lost, intimidated, weak, with no idea what to do. Cowering. And it's Jesus, the one from among the many, who overcomes the voice of the accuser and redeems the people in the sight of God. See, Jesus is the true and better David. He's the true and better David. We're all lost. We're all broken. You're not the one that gets the ultimate victory. He is. And so our freedom, our liberty, our redemption is not by our hand. It's by his hand. So the victory you need over Goliath is not because of you. It's because of him. Can I pray for us? Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, I pray for those in this room who need to grab another stone, who have felt you calling them and leading them to do something, and they did, but it didn't quite go to plan. It wasn't what they thought. It, maybe they got disappointed or discouraged or things just didn't go how they hoped it would. God, I pray you give them the courage to go again. Give them the maturity and wisdom to go again, to, to throw another stone and to trust you that you're still with them. Father, I pray that you'd help all of us to be a people who know to use the sword, that it would become a foundational pillar of our lives, that we would not neglect the word, but that we would, Lord, partake in it daily, that the word would transform our hearts and minds and make us new creations in you. And Father, I pray for all of us, if we are far from you, Lord, we come back to you today as our Savior, as our Redeemer. You are the true and better David. Help us to see ourselves really clearly in the story of this life and this world. And friends, God, I pray that you'd help us to come back to the foundation that you are our victory. It's not me, what I do. It's about me trusting the one who has the ultimate victory. Now, I'd love to pray for you today. If you're here to, in this room and, or you're watching online and you, you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never started a relationship with him, maybe you've never made a decision to follow him, or maybe you have before, but the honest truth is you're far from God today, I would love to lead you in a, in a simple prayer. It's a prayer of surrender, simply surrendering your life into the hands of God. Truth is, friends, God loves you, God made you, God has a wonderful plan for your life. We all sin, we all mess up, we all fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls that sin, and our sin it separates us from God. We're lost and we're broken in our sin, and the payment for our sin is death. But God in His grace sent His own Son, Jesus, to that cross. When He died on that cross, He paid the debt that you and I would do for our sin. Then He conquered death in the grave, and He rose again to new life, and He extends to you today His free gift of grace, forgiveness for all of your wrongs, a brand new life that begins right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. God will make you a new person from the inside out. You get to walk into the plans that God has for your life. And then, friends, there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And if you're here today and your life is not right with God, but you want to get right with Him today, I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me. I'll pray it out loud. You just pray it with me in your heart. But when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Are you ready? If that's you today, pray along with me. Say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way, and I turn to you. 
I ask you to come in. Forgive me of all my wrongs. Come be the Lord of my life. Take control. I choose from this day and this moment to follow after you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer, well done. It's an amazing moment getting your life right with God. And I'd love for you to let us know that you did that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high if you prayed that prayer. I'm not doing that to stand you up or anything like that. All I'm going to do is I'll see you, acknowledge you, and you can put your hand straight back down. This is just asking you to put a little bit of action to your decision, a little step of faith. Are you ready? On the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, be bold, be brave. One, two. Three hands going up nice and high right now. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. On the top there, up the top, yes, on the online. We got you guys as well. Right down the back, right down the back, right down the back. Thank you guys. Yep, right down the back over there. Amazing, amazing. You know, and I was saying, that's me. Online, there's a button coming up, say, I raise my hand. Click that button or follow the link in the chat. Our team would love to help you on the step of faith that you are taking today. Yeah, another person online. Well done. Thank you. We see you there. Incredible. Incredible. Well, Father, we thank you so much for the work you're doing here. We thank you for, Lord, reaching out to these people, Lord, for drawing them to you. And I pray that they truly would know the full, free, abundant life that you have for them. We bless them now as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's put our hands together for those people. How good is that? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.